On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the two key areas that Josh Giddy has made tremendous strides. Also, Trey Mann breaks out as a scorer yet again against the 36ers. Darius Baisley plays his best game yet, and how the Thunder were able to dominate this game and improve to 2-1 in the preseason. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder running the 36ers out of the gym behind Trey Mann's electric scoring. Darius Baisley plays his best game yet. Josh Giddy shows his most improved aspects of his game. Plus, Eugenio Marie was actually really good in this game. What does that mean for the two-way contract forward? Let's start, though, with our game overview the way we always do, as this show, again, is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is where the game starts. Check them out today for all your sports betting needs. And again, thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning. Every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. And on YouTube, drop below. Drop below on YouTube right now in the comment section below. Drop below what you think about Trey Mann this preseason. Is he going to be a starting caliber player? Is he going to be an all-star caliber player? Will he be a great sixth man? What do you think that Trey Mann's ceiling will be after watching him improve in this preseason, drop all that down below on YouTube on the comment section down below for free over there. Also subscribe on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, everything else. So SGA was out. Lou Dort was out. Mike Muscala was out. Chet Holmgren was out. You guys all know what happened with them for SGA. It's an MCL for Lou Dort. It's a concussion. Muscala has an ankle sprain that Mark said will keep him out for the whole preseason. He expects. So Mark does not expect Mike Muscala to be back for the preseason. Uh, Chet Holmgren, of course, has that foot injury. that will keep him out all year. Usman Jang, Missed this game. I mentioned yesterday after the Mavericks game that he left with an injury. Uh, I did film him uh, practicing his jump shot like two hours before the game. I posted on Twitter. If you want to go see his work uh, with his jump shot, uh, I posted that on Twitter uh, yesterday evening. Uh, but he did not play because he has a knee contusion. So we'll see what that leads to him for uh, for Sunday. But as of right now, he's out with that knee contusion. Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara did not play either. He has strep throat. Uh, the Thunder play again on Sunday. I'm not sure what the timeline on strep throat is and when you can play again. That seems like a pretty quick turnaround, but I'm, I'm not a doctor, and I honestly don't really know the impacts of strep throat, so hope he's okay. Uh, Kenny Hustle was out with a designed rest day. Nothing major there, but we did get an update on SGA. Uh, so Shea in his rehab process right now is doing one-on-zero work with no contact. This is uh, good because we've seen him We've seen him practice before the games. Yesterday, he was working on his free throw and jump shot. Uh, he was doing the same thing on Wednesday, uh, working on his jump shot in Tulsa. So he's getting there. He's getting better. Uh, Mark was asked if there's still hope that SGA can play in the season opener. He said, yes, there is still hope. So do not roll out October 19th against the Timberwolves. And 
you know, sitting here on October 7th and hearing Mark say that there's still hope for him to play in the 19th season opener and then the home opener doesn't happen until the 22nd. Maybe he can at least make his debut in the home opener. Who knows? We'll see how he kind of progresses throughout these next couple of weeks. Now, before we get into this game, because there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of positivity around this game. I understand it's just preseason. But it's preseason. It's the third game in four nights. The 36ers just beat the Suns. They have not played since Sunday, so they're well-rested. They watched OKC play in person yesterday in Tulsa. And speaking of that, OKC's on the second leg of a back-to-back, and they still had this dominating performance in which that they got up, they threw a punch, and they won 131-98. to So understanding that all of these praises and excitement levels on these players come from the aspect of it's just preseason, it's the 36ers, an NBL team. Let's put all that into context as well, though, because they could have easily not gotten up on the on the on the third game in four nights. They could have easily not gotten up for the 36ers the way that the Suns didn't. The Suns won over 50 games last year and they got beat by the 36ers. So this is still very encouraging to see, no matter who you're playing, no matter what the opposition is, uh, any of that. The biggest thing, once again, for the second time in three games is Trey Mann's offensive scoring. 26 points, two assists, two rebounds, eight for 10 from three, nine for 11 from the floor. Watching this game, it was incredible to see him score like this in person. I mean, what Trey Mann was able to do, he just couldn't miss. He just could not miss. He said it after the game that the rim felt huge to him tonight. Uh, It felt big from tonight. And... He only took 11 shots because he only played 23 minutes and it was a preseason game, an exhibition game, whatever. I just wonder, on a shooting night like that, would he have ever cooled off? Like, if if you gave him 10 more shots and you let him shoot 20 times tonight, what that looks like and, you know, kind of how many points could that turn into tonight? 26 points, two assists, two rebounds. He did it all from step backs. He had nothing but net shots. Step backs, isolation threes off the bounce, coming off of screens. And, as I've said before, stationary catch and shoot from like two steps behind the line is a huge weapon for a team that lacks spacing. Huge weapon. The biggest thing with Trey Mann is that he needs to be consistent. He is the best scorer in the Thunder whenever SGA is not there. He is the guy that has to go get you buckets if SGA is not there. He has games like he did against Denver. He had games like he did against the 36ers, but then he also has games like he did against the Mavericks. The highs are really, really high. The lows are pretty low. How does he level that out? And look, that's a that's a normal thing for a second-year player. It is hard to gain consistency in the NBA, especially in your second season. And really, you know, in your, in your first three games of your second season, it is hard to gain consistency. So I'm not saying that as a total knock on him. I'm just saying that that's the next evolution of this. Once he gains consistency, then he can truly be just this incredible scoring threat. And once again, I thought he did a good job of defensive rotations and defensive activity in this game. Uh, That really helped a lot for the Thunder team. But with Trey Mann, nights like this make you wonder what his ceiling can be. 
Um, I think that we all conservatively are going to say that his ceiling is a an elite six man that can just really score and be a microwave kind of bunch score for you. Um, and even find his way into some closing lineups. Uh, if you just are playing a team where you need a match bucket for bucket and you need the most scoring power that you can have on the floor. But if his defense continues to, to tick upward each and every year or each and every game and seeing how he's more engaged, more locked in on the end of the floor, and his shooting becomes more consistent, offensive effect, uh, you know, efficiency becomes more consistent, then does he demand that starting lineup, so to say? And by starting lineup, you know, does he demand starter minutes? Because I, before the game, Mark said the same thing I've been saying for the last two years whenever people are freaking out about you know, who's going to start, who's going to start. The starting lineup is cool for the first five seconds, right? Like it's, it's before the game, the lights go out, Everything's exciting. You get that adrenaline boost. Uh, but then after that, it, it, it's, it matters about rotation. It matters about who closes the game. That's what really matters. Not not who the PA guy said two hours ago. So, you know, again, when I say starters, I'm, I'm, I'm going to re, we, we kind of word that and say, will he demand starting level minutes if he can gain that consistency and gain that kind of massive shooting spree and a, and a good defensive improvement. But Trey Mann was incredible in this game. It was just jaw-dropping to see. I mean, every time he shot, like it was like this, this just step back that gained him three feet of separation. It was, you know, a, a behind-the-back move. It was it was the, the catch-and-shoot three running off of a screen, you know, falling, leaning, whatever. And every time he threw the ball, he thought, okay, this, this is the one where, like, he, he's, he's gone a little bit too far. Nope, splash. He did try to just ruin a man's career by jumping from the from dang near the free throw line trying to dunk on somebody. Uh, that did not work, but uh, it was still it was still uh, much appreciated that he tried it because if he would have converted that, uh, it would have been crazy in the Paycom Center. But I do want to say right now, but our good friends over at Bet Online, Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest play developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and breakdowns of every game that you can find. Plus, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wager information, live betting, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Find everything you need from NFL, NBA, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head over to BetOnline on your mobile device and learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts, and folks, it's this easy. Type in BetOnline.net. Goes to their sports book, and you can start betting today on NFL football or NBA basketball or the MLB playoffs, whatever you want to bet on. You can find here uh, in this sport book by betonline.net. Now, I'm going to bet on the NBA preseason, and tonight the Celtics are uh, road favorites, minus nine in Charlotte. So check that out at Bet Online. And check them out today. Because bet online is where the game starts. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lo Thunder Pod. Email the show, Lo Thunder Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much 
for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. But do not forget that on October 10th, we start a six-part podcast extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. Find the local team experts and the NBA insiders of the Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey all combining into one ultimate NBA preview. Starting October 10th, you can search the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else that you get your podcasts from. So check them out today. They're on October 10th, the Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview for this season. I'll be tweeting out the links, and also I'll be reminding you all next week on the show. We've already recorded our, our preview for the Thunder with, with our group. It was a lot of fun. and You're not going to want to miss that discussion, that debate, that kind of back and forth. It was a lot of fun. I do want to talk about Josh Giddy though. Josh Giddy playing his former NBL team, obviously was very excited, but still stayed even keel. And, and that, that kind of, I mean, I know it's silly. I know it's preseason. I know it's whatever, but still playing within himself, still playing kind of even keel and, and kind of, kind of keeping his emotions in check whenever you're playing your old team and you're going to want to show out and you're going to want to play well. And he talked about after the game, how much it means for Australia, how much it means for the basketball scene in Australia, and again, playing for his former team in the NBL, for him to still stay just flatline and playing his role was encouraging. And it's something that you might be able to extrapolate into whenever this team does reach the playoffs or does reach a bigger stage, that he can kind of stay calm in those big moments. 10 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 60% from the floor. His his passing is just jaw-dropping, like, I don't understand how he has the vision. It's easy to see the open players from the press, you know, from the press level, uh, from Loud City, from the from the kind of arena view. It's easy to see the the passing lanes, but you got to remember that he's on the same plane as the as the other players, and it's very hard to see them when you're in that aspect of it. And he still just makes these incredible passes. But perhaps what's most encouraging: take away the points, take away the assists, take away the rebounds in terms of the raw numbers. There are two key areas that Josh Giddy has improved upon that can really take his game to the next level and even could warrant him winning most improved player. Now, would he get that award this year? Probably not because voters, A, will likely not have their attention and sight turned on to Oklahoma City this year, and B, don't typically like to vote for year one to year two guys. It's kind of a knockoff that some voters have because you're supposed to get better from year one to year two. But just in terms of earning recognition for being improved upon his game, the first thing is his improved ball handling. He is such a better dribbler and a more comfortable dribbler uh, this year than he was last year. And you saw that start in summer league, but it's just amazing what he's done. Um, yesterday, he had an incredible behind-the-back you know move that split the defense and led to a off-the-dribble mid-range jumper at the free throw line extended. It, it was amazing. I mean, it, that kind of stuff creates for himself um, and, of course, will eventually create for others as you start to close out on that and and step up on him uh, around that free throw line. Then he can just loop it over your head to the dunker spot or someone down low. Speaking of that, teams are already, and it's happened in all three games so far, teams are already respecting his playmaking to the nth degree to where he's able to utilize that pass fake to open up a clear lane to the rim. Because if Josh Giddey's going to pass fake something, even if nobody's there, you think somebody's there because he's just an incredible playmaker, and you kind of take that, that that jab over to the where, to where he's pass faking, and he gets a clean look at the rim, and he finishes. Those kind of things really help him out. The second key area, so we've got ball handling, and then the second key area is defense. 
two blocks in this game, one in transition that I thought he had no shot at blocking, but he did. He blocked it cleanly. He had great closeouts. One of them even forced an air ball. And he also stripped the guy that was going to the basket and he stripped out of bounds and let the defense reset. With, at his size and his length, being this good defensively while also being a top blank playmaker in the NBA, however high you want to put him right now, uh, and showing signs of improvement from his from his shooting, and I think he's showing signs of improvement at the rim as well, at rim finishing. If that all comes together, improved ball handling, improved shooting, improved defense, if that all comes together, the ceiling for Josh Giddy is a multi-time all-star, if that all comes together. And we'll have to see it in more than just three preseason games. We'll have to see it over the length of time. But those two areas really help him take that next step in his game, along with, of course, as he gets more comfortable shooting, as he gets more work with Chip England over the next two, three, four years. All of that will help him become and reach his ceiling. Uh, Eugene O'Murray flashed some tough finishes. Now, he scored 19 points, two assists, four rebounds, 61% from the floor. There were some finishes where I just... I just said, you know, shake my head and and just sat there and watched him go up and and make other grown men look small. That's what he did. Now, that's expected from a guy that wears number 97 and looks like a linebacker. But he also had a, a play that I thought was impressive where he had a kind of spinning jumper on the low block that just was a feathery finish um, down there to kind of arc over his defender. Kind of scored in a multitude of ways in this game. Uh, Steele needs to work in his three-point shot, but... I wonder how much time he'll get when this team is fully healthy. You know, whenever Muscala's back, J-Dub's back, Usman Jang's back, SGA's back, Lou Dort's back, Kenny Hustle's back. Like, I wonder how much time he'll get at that point. Um, but he's practically a rookie, as Mark said, because he got hurt last year. And he just does everything that you expect a two-way Thunder player to do. I mean, he, he plays hard. He does his assignment very well. Uh, he, by all accounts, is a great teammate. He does the dirty work, that kind of stuff. Speaking of doing the dirty work, I want to talk about Jalen Williams, who is the epitome of doing the dirty work coming up. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now, I do want to talk now about Jalen Williams. 12 points, 6 assists, a steal, a block. I'm sorry, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, a block, 4 points. I knew that that sounded totally wrong. It was totally wrong. So Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. 12 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, a block, 4 points, 3 fouls. Though. We need to clean up the fouls, but he does everything else so well. Josh Giddy said after the game that Jalen Williams is a big boy and he throws his weight around very well and he does the dirty work. Very good assessment of, of Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. The three fouls on the defensive end, of course, that needs to be addressed and that needs to be fixed, but he's a rookie and he'll he'll learn that kind of stuff. But he did get the steal, did get a block, and the six assists, I've said it before, but he's so advanced as a passer for his position and manufacturing 12 rebounds at his size. I mean, he is stocky and he is strong, but he is also undersized in the, in the sense of height. To get 12 rebounds was really impressive as well. And... I still think that the best way for Williams is through the blue. You know, for J-Will, it's through the blue. Uh, but you're starting to see the vision for J-Will, and the vision isn't anything like that's just otherworldly. 
the vision is to be a 10th, 11th man that kind of bridges everything together. He can go give you six hard fouls. He can go give you 12 rebounds. He can go give you uh, six assists from the high post where Mark likes to draw things up and facilitate through. He can go give you three drawn charges and, and change the complexity of the game. That's kind of what Jay Will's ceiling is. is. Is a guy that can just go in there as a as a pace changer. And I think that you're seeing some of that in the preseason. But I still think that you know he'll, he'll spend some time with the blue and get more developed. Darius Baisley was really good tonight. He just simply was. The Thunder started out with uh, Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Andrew Wiggins, Darius Baisley, and Jerry. It was almost like Mark knew I was coming to this game, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put Building Black Blazy back in the starting lineup." That was not the reason at all. Um, Mark not Mark at all did not do that. But it was still fun to see Baisley in the starting lineup. Uh, Twelve points, six rebounds, three assists, three blocks, forty percent from the floor. Uh, he looked strong. He used his athleticism and explosiveness and decisiveness very well. And that's all I want to talk about for Baisley. For Baisley, it's that simple. He's got the defensive end locked down. He's a really good defender already. That, that is just point blank period. He has to play with his athletic ability, his strength, his explosiveness and decision-making. He has to play that way every single game because he's 220. He can just bully you on that other end. If he decides, I'm going to put my head down and sprint to the rim, he can get there and then you have SGA. You have Josh Kitty. You have these guys who will find you if you do that. He has to want to insert his will as a cutter. That is the only way he can turn into a good offensive player. And I don't know if it's been him not wanting to. I don't know if it's been the Thunder not wanting him to or putting him in the positions to do so. But he was able to do it against the 36ers last night. And I hope that he can do it um, moving forward. Because that is a clear, easy pathway for him to be a playable offensive player with his really elite switchable defense that can go one through five and can really help you um, become and fulfill, uh, you know, that kind of top 10 defense ceiling that the Thunder, that the Thunder have. I want to talk also about the Paycom Center in general. Folks, get out to the Paycom Center and watch this team play. It was so fun being there last night um, as a member of the media, sitting in the press level, getting there before the game, staying after the game, whatever. As fans, go out there and watch this team as well. Go out there and support this team because I cannot tell you how many wins this team will get, but I can promise you this team's going to be fun. You're going to want to watch what OKC is building here because you can start to see the plan coming together right now, even whenever SGA is not played. Ludor's not playing. Usman Jang's not playing. Jadip's not playing. Kenny Hustle's not playing. Chet's not playing. You can still see the vision in this game with all those players out. You can see what the Thunder are building here. So you're going to want to be a part of that. You're going to want to see each stepping stone that the Thunder take. Because once they get to that end goal, once they get to that end chapter, you're going to want to say that you were here for the entire ride. This team is going to be outrageously fun. And they already are outrageously fun, and they're missing their top players. They're not even close to healthy yet. And that is a, that is a staple of why you should go. Because unlike in years past, admittedly, unlike in years past, no matter what combination of guys that they put on the floor, there's going to be somebody, multiple somebodies, that you care about, that you want to watch, that you want to see, that you're invested in. So you're going to get your money's worth. Go out to the Paycom Center, have a fun night, support the team. They play again Sunday. Um, go out there and check it out on Sunday. I'll be there as well. Uh, so make sure you're make sure you're going to these games. 
So how did the Thunder win this game? Folks, they grew a 40-point lead. They never trailed once. They won the rebounding battle 61-49. to They are 3-0 on the glass. They shot 52% from the floor, 50% from three, and 93% from the free throw line. They won second chance points, fast break points. They lost the points in the paint by two. OKC had six players in double figures. Uh, they played 11 guys, which is a preseason low, but that's due to injury and things like that. They usually play like 14 guys in the preseason so far. Uh, this is the second night of a back-to-back, and the Thunder still won 131-98. And that, as I mentioned on, on, on yesterday's podcast, the difference was three-point shooting. They finished 58% from three. They won the game by a wide margin. Yesterday, they outplayed the Mavericks in rebounding. They outplayed the Mavericks in points in the paint, in second-chance points, in fast-break points. They outplayed the Mavericks in, in, in all those areas. They shot better from the floor. They, you know, all those different things against the Mavericks. But the thing that they didn't do well was three-point shooting. They shot 18% from three, and they lost the game by two. If they shoot even a little bit better than three, they're three and a right now. That's going to be their Achilles heel this year. That's going to be what's going to hold them back this year is, 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 is the ups and downs of three-point shooting. This team plays really, really well, though. And they could easily be 3-0 in the preseason. Not that that matters, but just so you know. Uh, the MVP of the game, obviously, it's Trey Mann. I just want to see Trey Mann gain consistency, and we'll see that hopefully on Sunday. Uh, up next, remember, we're going to do bonus podcasts leading you into the into the regular season because we're all excited about the regular season. We're going to do, uh, on Saturday, we're going to do who is the biggest breakout players for this team. On Sunday, we're going to do uh, what every player needs to improve on. And then on Monday, it's another preseason game recap podcast for you. Uh, so tune into that. We'll go Monday through Friday and then after every single game this season. So make sure you subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope that you'll stay around for the whole ride of this season. Uh, this is the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.